Go. Welcome back to another episode of Compelled, a podcast dedicated to talking about the culture of sexual assault and abuse where we attempt to bring out the bigger issues and what we as a society can do about it. This is not difficult, Joe. No, for some reason, I almost said cultural. And then I got stuck there, like like there was a wall. All right. Um, well, speaking of walls of shit, um, let's talk about Chris Brown. Yeah. So let's put some hands on him. We were um, Chris Brown's tale is old. Um, it's it's been rehashed multiple times, but seems to have fallen through the cracks. And he makes the industry money. And the problem with even with people that make the industry money, Harvey Weinstein, is that. Chris Brown, no one takes it seriously, it seems. Even Rihanna doesn't take it seriously because she went back to him. Well, she loves the way he lies. So um, Chris Brown was a wholesome R&B teen superstar with Michael Jackson potential. Um, His first criminal offense was a battery charge for assaulting his then-girlfriend, Rihanna. His first criminal offense. That doesn't mean that that was the first time he did it. That was the first time he got caught. Yeah. Since then... Assault and battery charges have peppered the last several years of his public image. This goes back to 2016. Um, this is the last time that we've seen or heard about Chris Brown uh, doing something was at least in 2016 because I didn't see anything more other than that. He was arrested on suspicion for assault with a deadly weapon, and we have a timeline. Yeah, I think of, like last thing that was like just him going on some YouTube rant. Yeah, possibly. We'll look it up. So in February 2009, he was um, he assaulted Rihanna the night before the Grammy Awards. Uh, the couple had been nominated for two awards each. The pair had left a Grammy pre-Grammy party, got into a public altercation, and then um, Rihanna's face and arms had been covered in visible contusions and bruises. He was charged with battery following Rihanna's hospitalization. He completed probation in March of 2015. So that. That was six years of his life that he had to give to probation. Um, he had a Robin Roberts interview in March 2011 where she had asked him about the domestic abuse case. He got pissed off and ended up going and breaking a window over it. Aw. It's angry little Chris. When attending a Miami Beach club, uh, Brown became upset when he noticed a woman taking a photo of him. According to the police report, the singer snatched the phone from her hands through her car window to avoid any photos being leaked to tabloids, and then drove off with the item he was accused of one count of robbery. I mean, how fucking stupid can you be? Yeah. You're a public persona. I mean, I hate to say, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, your life is no longer your own when you become a celebrity. If you want to become a celebrity, that's going to happen. Yeah. Get Fucking deal with it. Yeah. Get used to also seeing long lenses. Yeah, And, and, and the problem with that comes with, and we've talked about this also on the podcast, where people like the YouTuber guys are experiencing, you these YouTuber kids are experiencing people walking, literally walking into their house yeah. and going, hey, I'm here to see whoever. Yeah, I, um, I, I just wanted to meet you. Yeah, you like know? you're their fucking self-entitled best friends. I feel like we have this friends. connection. You know? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with I mean, that? I hit like on every one of your videos. I've subscribed. Yeah, you should know me. Yeah. You owe me. Yeah. No. Yeah, just give me a shout out. In uh, Orange County, Brown experienced another club-related altercation when Deanna Gines, or Guinness, Guinness, or yeah, uh, accused him of shoving her to the ground. She claimed she would need surgery following the incident that left her with torn ligaments in her right knee. I don't. Well, that means she needs to exercise more. Yeah, uh, there was a bus assault in September of 2015 during a video shoot in Colorado. 
Uh, Brown forcibly ejected a woman from his bus when she refused to give up her cell phone. The woman who was not part of the shoot also claimed her phone was broken and filed a third-degree assault suit. He punched someone in the face in Las Vegas in 2016. Um, she had been trying to take a photo with Brown during a private party before the assault occurred. She changed his last name to Black and Blue. Yeah, uh, following allegations that Brown had brutally attacked his former manager, Mike G., the singer's tour manager, Nancy uh, Gosh, I guess. Gosh. Also claimed that he had threatened her, threatened a similar attack against her and cut ties with the performer. So he has a fucking huge history of abuse. There was a gun threat. Uh, he was detained by the LAPD following a standoff at his home. A woman had accused the singer of threatening her with a gun after showing up to his home. Well, that that's... That's different. Understandable. During the standoff, Brown posted several photos and videos to Instagram asserting his innocence as the police waited outside after being told they would need a search warrant before entering. Look, if you, and we just talked about this. If you fucking show up at someone's house and and you're not invited, get the fuck out. It's that simple. Exactly. Um, There's there's much more to this. I guess uh, Chris Brown and Vanessa Carlton got into a social media spat. Oh, let's see that. I want to see. I love these spats because they're so fucking stupid. Please give it to me. Uh, I guess Vanessa Carlton got dragged for. Uh, Chris Brown seems to be to. Uh, Don't worry, there'll be about fifteen more pop-ups. No doubt. Uh, Brown allegedly posted allegedly posted a clip. Of Carlton's 2001 video, A Thousand Miles, Carlton responded by reminding Brown he was a domestic abuser. Mm-hmm. In a since-deleted Instagram post, Brown shared Carlton's original post, which she also deleted. Today, Chris Brown posted my video. I am now being repeatedly tagged to his account, being that today is International Women's Day, which means nothing. I feel compelled to draw a line. <laughs> she said it. Yeah. I support survivors, not perpetrators of domestic violence. I do not want to be associated with an artist that has assaulted women on a day like today. Thank you. Um, Brown wasn't done defending himself in another Instagram post. He shared a short scene from the film White Chicks featuring Carlton's <laughs> song. I love the song. Like, in, in like literally, if you... <laughs> is, he, is that Indigo Child? <laughs> yeah, Indigo Child. <laughs> if you look at his fucking shitty Instagram page... Yeah. Yeah, like it's difficult to even read it. It's got like symbols and well, I don't even care. It doesn't even fucking broken matter. heart, sun, and a CD. Is that a CD? Yeah. It looks like um, looks like the Iron Cross from uh, no, World yeah. War it's I. supposed to be the reflections. It's the German Iron Cross. That's what I think it is. Um, Brown, who was arrested in two thousand nine for beating up Rihanna, asserts he's just a fan. Let's see. Um, Chris Brown didn't spaz on. Vanessa Carlton, Chris Brown. Um, this has nothing to do with. See, that's just a fucking useless article. I want to find a good article. I want to find this pink fucking hair. I, I want to find an article about Chris Brown. That like he just goes full tilt, fucking. Um, like who's the ang- like? What was the funny angriest situation you've ever seen in a movie? Step Brothers. He goes full tilt Step Brothers and and just puts his balls on someone's drum set. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude, that is fucking <laughs> sounds what? like it sounds like fucking someone's SOSing you. Yeah, pretty much. What, what? Like, like he's got something wrong. There's something wrong with Chris Brown. Yeah, he can fucking, just he can mentally. Beat, there's something wrong with him. He can beat on women and get away with it and still make money because people love to collab <laughs> with a winner. Uh, this was October. 
2017. Um, here we go. Uh, remarkably, this is not the case for Chris Brown, who made waves on Halloween morning when he dropped a 45-track album. Um, uh, uh, let me let me go back. This is this 46 is, too many. Yeah, this is um, from Amy Zimmerman, The Daily Beast. We like The Daily Beast. Uh, and I'm going to read this almost word for word. Uh, it's been a particularly frightful October for rapists and abusers, as powerful men have been called to publicly reckon with their demons. Entertainers, businessmen, politicians, editors, talking heads, and everyone in between have spent the past month trying and failing to push their skeletons back into the closet. Accept it. You need to. We need to accept it. We need to realize what we're doing, and we're fucking here to fix the problem and not dwell on the problem. That's it. That's what it is. Fix the problem, don't dwell on it, and use it as a learning tool. Um, and for those that are serial abusers, they need to go away. Anyways, the collective outing has been loud and messy, empowering for some, terrifying for others, and a reminder of the ubiquity of sexual violence and harassment in every single industry. At this point, any time a household name is trending, there's a 50% chance it's because of a new allegation or an old story resurfacing. Remarkably, this is not the case for Chris Brown, who made waves on Halloween morning when he dropped a 45-track album, which is what Joe said. 46 too goddamn many. But this story of a known abuser who somehow still manages to make much-anticipated music, in quotes, with high-profile collaborators gets even spookier. As of Tuesday, Heartbreak on a Full Moon was the number one album on iTunes. That was, again, October of 2017. Despite his alleged propensity towards violence, threats, and physical and verbal harassment, Chris Brown has had the sort of blessed career that most victimless R&B singers can only dream of. After more than a decade in the music industry, he has managed to almost entirely eclipse his personal life thanks to his prolific output and die-hard fans. In what will forever be known as a Kevin Spacey, the singer has willed the world to see him as he wants to be seen, with headlines about Brown's history of domestic violence and harassment slowly but surely transforming into updates about his tours and new music. Articles that entirely fail to mention the singer's problematic past, which, by the way, is hardly ancient history. Uh, for a man who ex, whose ex successfully filed a five-year restraining order, order against him just this year, so the abuse continues, mm-hmm. and it still hasn't made the, the news, Brown's current news cycle is confusingly uncomplicated. So far, the main case being made against Brown's new album is that it's really freaking long. Heartbreak on a Full Moon is so stuffed with songs it will nearly take you two hours, 40 minutes to listen from start to finish. Fans are apparently left to wrestle with the moral implications that three hours of Chris Brown on their own, the music site doesn't even do the bare minimum of deeming Brown controversial. I think I'd rather watch the extended cut of Oliver Stone's Alexander. Huh. That's one of the worst fucking movies ever made. It's yeah, horrible. When it comes to <laughs> when it comes to violence, conquer your fear and abusive artists, and you will conquer death. The question of media and fan complicity has been looming increasingly larger since social media has given anyone with a conscience a platform with which to berate the entertainment industry for routinely profiting off of the creative output of bad dudes. Take the case of I don't extentation. I have no idea who that is. Triple X triple extentation? No, it's extentation. I guess it is triple X. A yeah. popular rapper who I have that no means idea. He's kinky. I have never fucking heard of this guy. I dude, I gave up on all this shit, so I don't know. I mean, I look, we do an entertainment show and like I I'm pretty much aware of a lot yeah. of music, uh-huh. you know. And I have never heard of this guy. Look, I I, I, I think uh, Nicki Minaj is too much already, so I don't need to go any farther than that. 
Anyways, this guy stands accused of violently beating and imprisoning his pregnant ex. Instead of fleeing from these allegations, or at the very least feigning personal growth, Triple X makes music and public statements that relish in his lack of repentance. Insulting his ex and threatening his haters. Triple X is a parody of an artist who should not be tolerated. A man accused of the sorts of crimes that should make landing a positive pitchfork review, let alone a label offer, impossible. And yet, in an industry that routinely brushes off basic morality and the relentless pursuit of profit, the rapper's visibility is only increasing. Like Triple X, Chris Brown's most egregious alleged crimes are against women. In court papers from, I have no idea how, Karuch, Karuchi Chan, Trans Restraining Order, mm-hmm. Tran alleged that Brown physically abused her over the course of their on again, off again relationship. She could have walked, then why did she go back to him? Uh, she began dating Brown in 2011, claimed that Brown punched her in the stomach and pushed her down the stairs. He said, if no one else can have me, then he's going to take me out. Probably said he'd dedicate the next album to her or something. I have text messages from December 2016 to January 2017 where he's made several threats, including beating me up and making my life hell. At the time of these alleged assaults, But you forgave him, didn't you, for a while, because you kept taking you to P.F. Chang's every night. Brown would still have been on probation for his... (laughs) 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 These fucking P.F. Chang's, they got me. God damn it, that's funny as shit. Everyone remembers the pictures of Rihanna's bruised face, which were widely posted on every corner of the internet. Have you ever had their chicken lettuce wraps? No. But I, would get, was, I would let Chris Brown beat the shit out of me if he took me every day of the week to go get chicken lettuce wraps. Yeah, I wouldn't. But that was the only the most notable entry in Brown's long history of alleged abuse against women. In 2016, a woman even claimed that Brown threatened her at gunpoint. Brown has consistently used misogynistic language. He mocked Kalani after her attempted suicide, allegedly beat his longtime manager to the point that he required medical attention, and has fought with Frank Ocean and Drake's, Drake's entourage. Brown, or a member of his crew, allegedly called Ocean a homophobic slur mid-brawl. Gosh, can't say the word. Wouldn't <laughs> want to say the word. What a fag! Yeah, Jesus, just say the word. In the words of Bill Burr. Yeah. In the category of inappropriate behavior that's just plain stupid, Brown threw a chair at a window while on Good Morning America set and dressed up as a terrorist for Halloween. There's a picture of Rihanna. She's still hot. Even when she's beat oh, up, she's, she's still hot. she's fucking amazingly beautiful. I know. Just not all there. Uh, <laughs> whether he's taking his anger out on a woman, Frank Ocean, or an inanimate object, Brown can always be counted on for a violent outburst. Meanwhile, his career has been as consistent as his unbridled aggression. The Daily Beast's Kevin Fallon wrote, in 2016, Brown has had six top 20 singles, released five new albums that have sold nearly 2.5 million copies in the U.S. That's not a lot. Well, for now it is, because... He's released five albums that have sold 2.5 million copies. I know. Look, if you compare that to, say, Michael Jackson in the 80s and, and, all, and the rock bands and other stuff like that, it's low, but you've got to... Com- it's... It's like this, this weird relativity thing. There is no relativity. It, he, sold, he released five new albums, and each album has sold about 500,000 copies. No, no. Each one has five that have sold. He has released five new albums that have sold nearly 2.5 million copies. That's 500,000. Eh. That's not a lot. No, no. No, because then, yeah, that's, that's only gold. Each album, technically, by average, everyone, he just hit gold with everyone, not platinum. Yeah. And then, okay, so anyways, um, he's been nominated for 11 Grammy Awards, winning one. And, and s- the amount of albums you sell does not equal equate to success. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you, if you sell one copy, that's successful. I think Kendrick Lamar has a Grammy. 
winning one and he's been nominated for 11 when he's won one and has been nominated for 27 BET I awards. I think little fucking Wayne has has an as an Emmy yeah. or not an Emmy but you know a uh, Grammy. And he's won 11 BET awards. This all, by the way, after assaulting Rihanna. So, there you go. We live in a world where Kobe Bryant wins an Oscar. He just won a fucking Oscar, dude. Yeah, I know. So what? <laughs> it's weird. Uh, during a cultural moment, weird. we're watching Bad Men get ousted. We're going to talk about Kobe Bryant, too. Uh, get ousted from their powerful positions has become something of a Kobe. national pastime. Brown's continued success might feel inexplicable. But to many, the career viability of men who predominantly abuse and harass black women comes as no surprise. Shouldn't it it be that he harasses all women? Who predominantly abuse and harass black women. Him putting hands on any fucking woman is a travesty. In an article titled, R. R Kelly Targets Women No One Cares to Defend, the cuts Brittany Packnett argued that the race of R. Kelly's victims has everything to do with the singer's seeming ability to surmount even the most... And they're all there by choice. They can leave any fucking time they want. Let me finish. Let me finish the sentence before you, before you jump in. Uh, yeah. Even the most vile accusations. Uh, responding to a highly disturbing article that detailed R. Kelly's alleged sex cult of young black women, uh-huh. uh, Packnett wrote, A predator must carefully select his prey, and young black women are perpetually among the most in need, the most abused, and the least likely to tell. They're an all-too-perfect victim for a calculating, sadistic mind. Have you not met a fat white woman? She continued. In the hood? Every time we choose to step in the name, choose to, quote, step in the name of love, and every time we buy a record or a concert ticket, we prove Kelly's calculations right. And she's talking about R. Kelly specifically and his predatory ways. Every race has their their highly disturbed uh, men and women. and, And... Abused, least likely to tell people. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, dude. Every single time this comes up, I think of the Chappelle show and, and fucking Chappelle singing that song, I'm going to piss on you. We become p- complicit in perpetuating not just rape culture, but a culture that demeans and devalues black women. Now, uh-huh. now mm-hmm. replace black with just women. Just yeah. take out black. And if you take out the word black in that entire sentence, then, then it's, it's absolutely correct. <laughs> demeans and devalues women. Look, I, 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 I watched this whole thing about a journalist and read her article and everything about her living with R. Kelly for a couple of years and stuff like that and, and all the shit that he does. And she said no matter how influential he was and and, and, and common, commanding and all that stuff, she still could have left anytime she wanted to. She chose not to because she fell into his mystique. Okay? From what I understand, from what I've read, he never abused anyone. Everyone, Who? R. Kelly, all the women that were there that he did like peed on and all that shit, they wanted to fucking be there. They were into that shit with him. And then all of a sudden, then they're not into it anymore. And then they leave. R. Kelly targets women no one cares to defend. Yeah. He's a predator who carefully selects his prey and he chooses young black women because they are perpetually among the most in need, the most abused, and the least likely to tell. Uh, this is what she wrote. Uh-huh. This person wrote. Brittany Packnett. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not saying R. Kelly's a good guy. He's not. He's, he's a, an he, abuser, dude. And just oh, because yeah. he, just because he, of the, the whatever. He's he, a piece of shit. Don't get me wrong. He fucking targets young, young, young women. Yeah, I know. And then the underage shit, definitely. That makes him a piece of shit. But what I'm saying is most of the women that, that have talked about him and all the, this pee fetish and all that stuff like that, they chose to stay, okay? 
I'm not talking about like, like see Chris Brown. But you said he doesn't abuse him. Well, and that's when I'm disagreeing. I don't recall reading anything about him being any doing anything physically assaulting any of them. Physical assault has nothing to do with it. Abuse is abuse. It could be mental. It could be sexual. He's a fucking predator, dude, and he's a pedophile. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. All right. <laughs> Fine. And I, I, I can't it. argue. With, I can't argue with that. I, I mean, the guy is a turd, man. He's a fucking. He, I'm sorry. He's a he's a bucket of piss. So yeah. So uh, while common sense would dictate that R. Kelly be shunned by consumers and the music industry at large, even the most heinous crime is no match for the systemic biases and racist narratives that kick in when an accusation, or series of them, goes public. Unfortunately, it often takes a perfect white victim for an alleged uh, for an allegation to stick, and I agree with that. Yeah, that can be true. That definitely can be true. In many cases, it takes more than one. At the same time, it feels like no amount of testimony from R. Kelly's black female victims will ever stop the artist from touring and making music. So while we're celebrating this current slew of outings and oustings, it's important that we pay attention to the men who have been allowed to flourish in spite of their alleged crimes and to interrogate exactly when and why a man's talent is privileged over a woman's story. <laughs> or as Jane Fonda noted in the immediate wake of the Weinstein scandal, it feels like something has shifted. It's too bad that it's probably because so many of the women that were assaulted by Harvey Weinstein are famous and white, and everybody knows them. This is going to be a long time to black and black women and other women of color, and it just doesn't get out quite the same. And I completely agree with that. If you are a white woman that... Wow, Jesus Christ. I just read that. Staffers raped teen boys at juvenile center. If you are a white... Oh, just like that movie, uh, Sleepers. Yeah, if, if you're a white, rich woman, you don't have to be rich, but if you're a white woman and... An attractive white woman. Yeah, well, you don't even have to be an attractive white woman. If you're a white woman that that has been sexually assaulted, physically abused, or mentally abused, one of the three, Yeah. okay, and you take it to the cops, and they're going to fucking believe you. But if you're a black woman... Or a woman of any other, yeah, they're not going to believe you. And then let's just take women out of it. You're an abused person. Mm-hmm. They're going to. It's the Dave Chappelle joke. This is why I hang out with white people. Yeah, right. Because the dude can go rap the fucking cop, and you know. Oh, I have a story. Fucking, I got a story snort about that. cocaine and shit like that. I've got a story. You want you want to hear it? Not really, but go okay. ahead. So, <laughs> near the end of my marriage, um, there was uh, one one day where I I knew. Is this every when time you were on cops? No. And but the cops showed up. Um, there's one day where um, my wife, you know, she was leaving all the time again, you know, and you know she was hanging out with her cousin, doing you know tweaking out and shit, and and so I I don't I just did this thing where I fucking pulled the fuses out of the car underneath the hood, right? So she couldn't take the car, right? And so she's trying to get them from me, and so she fucking she grabs my shirt and she starts fucking like ripping on my shirt. And like she literally tore my fucking tank top off of me, right? And and I kept trying to push her off of me, you know, push her away from me. And she calls the fucking cops. I'm the one with scratches on me. I don't know if she drew blood or not. I can't remember. But she calls she calls the fucking cops. A female cop officer shows up, and she asks my wife, "Do do you want to press charges?" And she goes, "I'm not sure yet." And then I said, "Look at me. She fucking assaulted me." You don't see that my shirt is ripped. I'm the one with the with with the bruise and the scratch. Do you see a fucking mark on her? They said, "Well, did you did you take the, you know, the, the keys or whatever from the car?" And I said, "Yeah." They said, "Well, give them back." No. Nope. And then and then maybe she won't press charges. I said, "Wait a minute. So you're saying that 
um, if I don't, that, that I can go to jail, even though she assaulted me. She goes, yeah, because we, she called us. You didn't call us. She did. And I'm like, well, I go, this is, you know, this is fucking bullshit, right? She assaulted me. But no, it, it, it when he, she goes, yeah, either give them the keys or you're going to leave in handcuffs. It's my car. I bought it. It's in my name. Yeah. Well, she called. So that's what the cops so said. There's nothing going on here. Dude, and, and during that time, nothing ever went my fucking way. So I just figured that was just another fucking, just something else dumping on my head. Yeah. And what you do is you take control of the situation and say, I own the car. It's in my name. So if I have the keys, maybe I'm going somewhere. And I said, I said, well, so can I press charges against her? She goes, yeah, you can press charges back against her, but you're the one that's still going to be going. You go, was she going to go with me? They go, no, because she called us first. Yeah, well, that, see, that's, that's guilty. That's guilty until proven innocent instead of innocent until proven yeah. guilty. So, therefore, the whole system is fucked. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I got the vibe that she was kind of a, the, the, the officer was a man hater. Like, she was probably someone who, like, needed to prove herself and probably got battered by men growing up and probably, you know, her being a female police officer probably got a lot of shit going through the academy and all that stuff, right? Right. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm the one guy that she can get over on it, during this exact moment where she, she's in control of her little world and her little gate, you know what I mean? And so I always got to use a Fargo reference. And yeah, so I, that's what it seemed. It seemed really fucking petty, dude. I'm the one that got assaulted, but hey, whatever. She always fucking always seemed to have the upper hand with shit. But anyway. Ugh. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan. Look at this. Let's see. I don't know who that is. Very talented. Somewhat talented. I don't think he's talented at all. Kind of talented, but not really. Nicki Minaj. She can rap, but her songs are still annoying. You're fucking, fucking awful at radio. Because <laughs> I'm supposed to describe everything I'm looking yes, at. Yes. That's how that works. <laughs> You're, you're fucking horrible at radio. Do you know my kids say that that's how you sound? And I'm like, Mike does not sound like that. Oh, yeah, he sounds just like this when he talks. And I said, no. No, no, I, said, I don't. I said, no, he doesn't. Yeah, right? Well, he, just a little, it, they go, it's just a little bit stronger than that, though. But yeah, that's what he sounds like, Dad. Really? Because <laughs> I've listened to myself on the radio. Your kids are fucking retarded. <laughs> I know. This is funny. I know. This is not how I sound. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I make it sound like. Like your car guy, Joe. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Shut up. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I just want to know why people continually go out with people like Chris Brown. Because they've got that, that's a uh, genistic why, you know? No. No, I don't. He's a fucking abuser of people. He abuses people. And it's in the news. Yeah. And, peop- oh, yeah. Yeah. and women still go out with him. Hey. I, <laughs> I Explain. I want someone to explain that shit to me. Like he beat the shit out of Rihanna, uh-huh. and then was able to go into another relationship with a fucking hot woman, a chick that's just as hot as her. Okay, have you seen those um, serial killers and rapists that that are in prison? But for they're life, not. But and they 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 end up fucking marrying some fucking obsessed fan. Right, but that's an obsessed fan. I'm I'm like Chris Brown has been in relationship after relationship uh-huh. after relationship after the Rihanna thing. Yeah. And she filed a fucking restraining order against him this year, and yeah. apparently they're back together. Yeah, explain that one to me. She loves the way he lies. Th- that's th- it, none of this fucking makes sense to me. That if you're going to say that you're the strong-willed woman, and Rihanna says that in a mm-hmm. lot of her fucking songs, that you know she's 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 a strong, independent woman, strong, independent woman. Yeah, I, I look and I, I've read about this before. Where she and you said go back she, to a fucking abuser. There was one time where she said she gave him back just as much as he gave her. 
because they were doing a lot of drugs and shit at the time or something. But whatever. But it, that's an excuse. Well, look, I'm, I'm not. I'm not justifying anything. I, I just know I that know some know. people that. What if this sounds really weird? But what if you're with the right person? It was just the wrong time. Like you were both too immature, and then you kind of grew up a few years later. He and, fucking beats women, Joe. I, I I agree. I'm just I'm 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 just talking about. The, the the rationalization that people use, okay? The, and I don't give a shit about victims, the I don't victims. I don't give a shit about their rationalization because I I'm going, not in their fucking head. Yeah. I don't care. And how many victims end up going back to the people that fucking abuse? A lot of them. It happens all the fucking time. But what I'm saying is, I don't understand that mentality. I don't understand. Like I in in fact, I don't understand this mentality. Uh-huh. You you are a popular person. Yeah. And your story gets out there that you beat the shit out of... I mean, she had to go to the fucking hospital. It's fucking news. Yeah. It's huge news. And you continually fucking abuse and beat the shit out of women. And then you start dating another girl. Mm -hmm. And you fucking abuse her. And then you go back into another relationship. And and it just continues. This is all perpetrated. People choose to believe what they want to believe. I understand that, but how the fuck can you make? How the fuck can you sit there and and make a a decision to go out with somebody when their ex girlfriend was in the news yeah. in the fucking hospital okay. because you got beaten up? You know I'll, what I'm saying? I know. But here's some more rational. Um, why is Tom Cruise still in Scientology when there's so much but, shit out there but, about how bad it is? But that's that right there is a bad analogy. No. You choose to believe what you want to believe. No, it, look, Scientology doesn't is not a person that abuses people. Scientology is a religion, and religions have problems all over you the place. You said mental, physical, and emotional. You said I understand that, about that, but Scientology is not a person, so you can't you can't have an analogy like that. There's no human condition when it comes to the the Church of Scientology. Okay, so you want me to get more literal? Fine. The people that run the Church of Scientology. But who? Um. Oh God damn it! It's fucking David. David Miscavige. Miss Miscavige. Yeah. Right. Okay. Him. Okay, but David Miscavige is not Scientology. He's just he he's just the CEO of the company or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So again, the Church of Scientology. And we want to establish this. Okay. Mm-hmm. The idea of the Church of Scientology, because it's a bad analogy to do that. It has to be human. It's the human condition. David Miscavige is a better analogy. And, in fact, it's a, it's a perfect analogy because he's been in the news with his dad. Did his you just dad fucking had to, try to fine-tune my analogy? I fixed it. His dad had left the Church of Scientology. Such a fucking ego. What? I just go, man, just go. You always got to correct someone. Yeah, I'm correcting you because <laughs> your fucking analogy was shit. No, it wasn't. People believe what they want to believe. And it's, and it yeah, but again, it's, the difference between the people want to believe what they want to believe is that you can't ascribe it to a fucking entity. You can't ascribe it to a house. You know what I'm saying? The Church of Scientology is just an object. It's the people inside the Church of Scientology. Well, I, see... See, I can see this whole big spectrum of it, and what I see is I see an organization that is is harmful. It's an organization that actually isn't harmful. It's the people inside the organization that are making it harmful. Okay. So you can't ascribe a thing to harm something unless it's a bomb. 
And even then, it's made by human people that are. So then, technically, if you got the, uh, a bunch of people out of the way, you could fine tune Nazism and make it work for you. Actually, yes. <laughs> and that's an, that's an appropriate analogy for the Church of Scientology and Nazism and Christian faith and this and that and faith. You can't. Anything that has a physical representation of faith. Okay, you you know that's just, you're just like pitter patter, man. It's not it, pitter patter. It is. It's still whether it's the Church of Scientology or the people that run it. You still get my point. No, no. You have to be very specific about your points because when you're when you're dealing with something like this and when you're dealing with abuse of power or whatever, and that's what it is. The Church of Scientology has nothing to do with abuse and power and anything else. It's just an object. It's a faith. It's whatever it is. It's it's a microphone. It's a TV. When I say the Church of Scientology, I mean the, I mean the whole organization. I understand what you're saying, but again, not everybody does. You can't just ascribe those things to so, a thing. So be my buddy and back me up and, and try to explain it in a better way. Instead of I just, just saying, did. Instead of just saying, hey, you're wrong. It's not that. That's it's not a, what I said. Go, what That's I s- a bad analogy. I did. It's a bad analogy because your analogies have always been bad. You that's that's your history. But you still of get stuff. what I'm saying. Just because I get it doesn't mean that everybody else will. Well, fuck them. We're supposed to speak for ourselves, right? Right. But again, when it comes down to the whole thing, which is it's human condition, and if you're going to talk about the human condition, especially like Chris Brown, you can't fucking put religion as a wet blanket over this whole thing and then compare that. To a person. I'm pretty sure, though, that there are women that fucking worship Chris Brown. Yeah, but that's not a religion, Joe. Who gives a shit about that? I'm talking about a person-to-person thing, not a fucking faith-to-person thing, because that still has human condition written all over it. You have to either find a person that, in like the David Miscavige one, is perfect. Well, I mean, if you want to And Tom tragic, Cruise is well, even I mean, perfect, because... I mean, it's all them worshiping L. Ron Hubbard. Right, but again, we're not talking about them worshiping L. Ron Hubbard because they're not worshiping L. Ron Hubbard. They're worshiping the thing that L. Ron Hubbard created. Well, LRH, LRH. You ever watch the behind-the-scenes shit? Yeah, again, it's, it's human condition. But again, the, the, the David Miscavige thing is perfect, okay? Because he has a history of abuse. And it's not just his family. I mean, he fucking abuses his dad. Oh, I, know. I, I watched the whole Joe Rogan thing. Yeah, I saw it. and it was amazing. And then, like, he's, he's got his sister sucked into this whole thing, uh-huh. and his brother sucked into this whole thing. And then there's, there's, there's very few people that, when they escape, you know, like, literally people will go out, like the FBI and yeah. Secret Service, to hunt you down and bring you back. Or, it, it's or all they'll this... harass you. I, I've seen it where the, they'll have members of the church stay outside your home and watch you. And then, um, and then like, they'll also do, like, propaganda against you, too. Right. Now... <laughs> like all churches, like all faiths, you have good and you have bad. And if you want to believe in whatever faith you want to believe in, that's your business. Okay? But what I'm, what I'm trying to get back to is... Is that we don't have any faith in Chris Brown. <laughs> exactly. Why do people continually go out with this fucking human piece of garbage? God, it's just... Why do they allow him into his inner circle anymore? I mean... And it's not just since... Look at Ike Turner. I mean, Ike Turner kept making music after... Yeah, but fucking Tina Turner walked the fuck away from him, and yeah. then like he tried to get back into good graces with her, and she's like, no, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. She didn't go back to him. I know, I know. I, I mean, just, they even tried to do a reunion, and it only lasted like 10 shows or some shit like that. It didn't last that long. Yeah. 
It, but I mean, there's still people <laughs> that completely forgave Ike Turner and, and, and you know kept supporting him and stuff up until his death. And so I mean, like he's dead, but yeah, he died. He died around the same time as um, as Rick James and 2007. And Isaac Hayes and yep, yeah, because Isaac Hayes died in 2008. Uh, Rick James died around the same time. Yeah, Tina Turner's still remains haunted by their dysfunctional marriage. I thought for sure that there was a reunion concert that they did. That would be weird because I don't, I don't recall ever hearing about that. I, I, I thought for sure that there was going to be an Ike and Tina Turner reunion. That would be fucking stupid. I mean, because she, I mean, if you remember that scene from uh, from What's Love Got to Do With It where he raped her in the fucking sound booth during that party. I can't even spell imitating that was right. fucking brutal. Um, yeah. You know, which I believe Ike Turner denied that it ever happened, but yeah, when that movie "What's Love Got to Do," "What's Love Got to Do with It," um, there was a lot of fucking, a lot of a lot of um, lawsuits going on with it. <laughs> Sorry, I was <coughs> ah, so he died of a co- cocaine overdose, <laughs> exacerbated by hypertensive cardiovascular disease and emphysema. He'd been clean for over a decade prior, but relapsed in 2004. Well, no, hold, wait a second. <laughs> he died in 2007. They said he had been clean for over a decade prior, but yeah. he relapsed in 2004. So he wasn't clean for a decade prior. He wasn't clean since 1997. He was clean for three years. Yeah. Cocaine's <coughs> <coughs> a hell of a drug. I mean, that's even what Rick James technically died from. He died from... All the you know his heart gave out, I believe, from all the abuse of uh, cocaine. Yeah, just like uh, Corey Haim and and others. Well, anyways, um, I thought that there was talk of an Ike and Tina Turner reunion, but I guess that's only going to happen in death, maybe. So, uh, another another couple very similar to Chris and Rihanna. Yeah, you know, except I except Tina Turner didn't put up with that shit. She fucking left that guy. My favorite scene in that movie was where they start beating the shit out of each other in the limo. Then they go up to the fucking hotel to get their room. Yeah. And they're just fucked up, just bleeding and clothes are torn. Yeah. Just give me my fucking room. (laughs) Just give me my fucking phone call. (laughs) Spit on the fucking... (laughs) On the the counter. Yeah. yeah, so July 27, 1976, Tina Turner filed for divorce on grounds of irreconcilable differences. I don't know why it's turned into an Ike and Tina Turner thing. Because um, they're more interesting. Yeah. Because she at least stood up and fucking did something about it, you know, and, and, and got out of there finally. But, you know, Rihanna going back, that's... that's Okay, yeah, so that, that hotel thing. So uh, when uh, so Ike did some more cocaine. He like he had a fucking he burned a hole in his nasal septum from all the cocaine that he did. Yeah, and uh, that's what Theraflu is for, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, wow, that's amazing. So um, they go to the hotel that Joe was talking about. After going up to their suite, Ike retired to a sofa and fell asleep. Once that had it, once once he was asleep, Tina grabbed a few toiletries, covered herself, and escaped from the back of the hotel, running across an active freeway before um, stopping at a local Ramada Inn. She claimed that she later hid at several friends' homes for a time. Ike claims in his book that Tina initiated the fight by purposely irritating him so (laughs) that she'd have a reason to break up with him before they were scheduled to sign a new five-year contract. That bitch stole my gram. Now, 
That's interesting that he says that because <laughs> in 1976, Ike intended on signing a five-year contract with a new record company for a reported yearly amount of $150,000, and that's a lot of money in 76. The contract had a key person clause, meaning Ike would have to sign the contract in four days, keeping Tina tied to Ike for five more years. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole deal behind that and that sentence that I read after that, you know, to, to keep from signing of signing a five year contract. Um, he reveals that three weeks after they split, they met for a meal at ships. Ike says Tina said maybe they get back together after eight or nine years, and then they file for divorce. Uh, in the divorce, Tina decided to stop her pursuit of any financial earnings. She just wanted to get away. Yeah, in the settlement, Tina gave Ike her share of the studio. Uh, publishing companies, four cars, and real estate, a gift worth close to $500,000, stating that her freedom was more important. Tina also agreed to retain only the use of her stage name. Sounds like Dr. Dre when he left death row. Yeah, Ike revealed in his book, Taking Back My Name, that Tina made an offer through her lawyer for them to continue performing together, but their marriage would end due to Ike's infidelity. Tina also wanted him to buy her and their sons a separate home. Ike declined. The divorce proceedings ended. She agreed to pay a significant IRS lien, yada, yada, yada. Every time I saw a picture of Ike uh, Turner, he always looked fucking angry. Yeah. You could see it in his eyes. Like, he was always (laughs) an angry motherfucker, dude. Like, even on stage. He's like, I'm going to beat that bitch up. (laughs) I don't like the way she sings. (laughs) I don't like her hair tonight. I'm going to punch her in her face. She looks too happy. Yeah. (laughs) You got to knock her down a couple notches. Let let her know her place. I need to break one of her ribs. That's that look. That's the look on his face when he's looking at her. She's yeah. singing is, I'm going to break one of her fucking ribs. She got a little too much talent. I got to take it down. Yeah. Her, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put another split in her ass. You're going to steal my goddamn spotlight, Motherfucker. <laughs> you know who he He looks like Steve James from uh, fucking um, uh, American Ninja. He does. He looks just like Steve James. Was it, uh, you know who could play him? It was uh, Tim Meadows. Yeah, or Tim Meadows. <laughs> I'll beat that bitch up. <laughs> God damn it. That's that's the look he gives. I he mean, does. we're, we're making fun of it, but that's the Yeah, s- he looks like a mean motherfucker, man. I, like like he fucking seriously smack bitches up. Yeah. And and let's see if we can find any more fucking like that picture right there. Yeah, right there. Like, I, I'm punch you in the face. God damn, he looks he looks like a fucking angry beetle. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Fuck you, motherfucker. God damn, it's a long finger. No wonder she stayed so long. <laughs> I'll beat the afro right off you. I think that finger's longer than my Johnson. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. Maybe. Maybe. A little bit. Oh. Yeah, he's got he's got fucking musician hands. <laughs> um yeah, like even on his the best of Ike Turner. Yeah. Like he looks like he, he looks like Eddie Murphy. He looks like <laughs> he kinda looks like Eddie Murphy. He uh he even um <laughs> he kind of does. He kind of looks like Eddie Murphy, but he's got that look in his eye. Like I, I don't. He looks like Eddie Murphy and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I'll punch somebody in the face. <laughs> buy my new album. Yeah, <laughs> you don't buy my album. I'm gonna punch you in the dick. <laughs> Here, look at this. Don't he's you got fucking when he got older, he got Cosby nose. Yeah. Don't. What, what are you looking at, motherfucker? God damn. And then that look right there. His woman, her man. I'll punch you in the face. I'll I'll burn you with my fucking pipe. God damn. That's what he. That's that look. I'll burn you. I'll burn you in the face. I'll burn your fucking hair off of my pipe. God damn! He already looked like he was, dude. In that picture with them two, where the, she looks younger and shit. And right he, no, no, to the left, to the left, all the way to the left. 
One down. Yeah, right there. She looks hella young. She look, he looks like he's old enough to be her father in that picture. Yeah. Is that that picture right there of her where she's smiling at him with that fucking I I hate you I'm gonna punch you. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna punch the camera out of your hand. This is why I motherfucker with a camera in my face. The, the the anger comes from the haircut. God damn. I fucking hate my haircut. I'm gonna punch you in the face. Why would you do that to yourself, Ike? Because that was the sign of the times, my friend. Like, like hey, look, look. Angry. He slapped the black off somebody. Yeah, it looks like he did. <laughs> oh god damn it. If so, anyone can see the picture I was pointing at. I, you know what? He does. He looks like a young Larry Fishburne. Well, yeah. That's well, why that is Larry Fishburne. The, I mean, Larry Fishburne did play him in the fucking movie, so. Never mind. <laughs> I got duped. I win, dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, Ike Turner can, uh, I don't know. He can. Like the older he got, the angrier that, he got. Tim Meadows playing fucking Ike Turner. Ike Turner. Yeah. I knew it. That's funnier than shit. Like every picture. I swear to God, every picture is just like. I'm going to fucking punch somebody in the ribs. Oh, God. He just looks fucking mad. Like, even when he smiles, he looks He's mad. sitting next to fucking Morgan Freeman. I'll punch Morgan Freeman in his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah, he's with B.B. King. B.B. King. Oh, that's B.B. King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I am such a douche. His name Bo Diddley. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking break Lucille over your neck, old man. How, 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 how? You want to fuck with me? That ain't John Lee Hooker. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, with the whole compelled thing, um, it's I, I I don't understand the mentality of. I think that I think that here, here's your pun for the day, of Joe. Victims beats. How's that for a pun? <laughs> yeah. God damn. Um. So, anyways. Yeah, you know what? It's I would assume that like for people that are into Chris Brown that that are, have been in relationships with him. It, I think it's a whole collection of things that make them overlook it, and then after a while, those things start to wear thin, and then they realize that it wasn't worth being there. So, like at first, it's like, oh, and then maybe you know he also could be cool in the beginning of a relationship, right, and not abusive. And so at first, they see it as, oh, you know, maybe all these stories about him were exaggerated and blah blah blah, right? And then you know, because like you know, a lot of people when when they're in the beginning of a relationship, they they, they have that facade, right? That I'm a I'm a super person facade right i'm i'm way better than than you know this i have no problems i'm i'm a great guy right so what if that the whole facade thing is there and then it wears down over time and then they start to see the real person the real chris brown or and or they just you know or over time all they you know he's always been that way but the money and the trips and the and the lifestyle isn't enough anymore Right, you know what I mean? Like, I finally realized, well, I need. You know what? It's not worth coming home to this piece of shit. Right. You know. I so, guess. I guess the whole idea behind it is money, 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 money. Yeah, money, I mean, money, think money. about it like this: Would you rather be living eek, in the eek, fucking eek, projects eek. with a fucking abusive piece of shit <laughs> and be broke as fuck, or would you rather live in a fucking mansion with an abusive piece of shit and have money to go out and distract yourself with? I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying people's self justifications with things. Motherfucker. People justify, man. Money, 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 money. <laughs> you had to fuck it up. Thanks. It made me giggly. Well, don't. I'm recording it. Do it again. Money, 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 money. A lot could have beaten this. I love him. Yeah, my son Kendrick loves that movie too. My son knows who Zuzu Pedals is. That's fucking awesome. Yes. So, 
<laughs> he loves to sing booty time, booty time. Girls, you would say. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Chris Brown, uh, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know what? I Fuck that guy. Fuck anybody fuck, that's like him. Fuck him in this abusive not ass. Not just guys. Just anybody that's like Chris Brown. Yeah. Piece of fucking garbage. Yeah. I always hated that name, Chris Brown. Like, I already hated him before I even heard his first song because the last time I ever got my ass kicked was by a kid named Chris Brown. Oh, well, that's yeah. too bad. Fucker gave me a concussion. Yeah. Then he lied. He spread rumors around the school saying that my mom came to his house and threatened them. And so his mom beat my mom up. And then I tried to threaten him with a knife when all I had on me was a, le- a miniature letter opener on my keychain. And I never threatened him with it. So, yeah, I hated that fucking guy. He was like, he, he was one of those fat guys, the, the kind of bullies. Like, he was the epitome of bully. He had this huge, fat fucking uh, face that looked like... Uh, you remember the, the, the turtle that slept forever in the never-ending story, the giant turtle? His face was kind of like that, right? Sure. Okay. We don't care whether <laughs> or not we care. That fucking turtle, man. That's what his face kind of looked like. And he was just fucking angry all the time. Had, his fist was the size of my fucking head. And he fucking, yeah. yeah. I got one good move in, knocked him on his ass, and then he got right back up and fucked me up. But gave me a concussion. But uh, it just, I hated that guy. I remember one night, I shit you not, this is right after I started driving. I was in my grandma's car. It was like fucking two, one or two in the morning. I'm driving through North Highlands, and it's dead, completely fucking dead at this intersection of Elkhorn and Willerga. And I shit you not. I have all my friends in the car with me. And who starts crossing the street? Chris fucking Brown. And he's, same as always, his fists are fucking clenched. He has the angriest look on his face. He's stalking down the fucking crosswalk. And he doesn't once turn his head towards us. Did you hit him with the car? I wanted to so Why didn't you? bad. Oh, insurance wasn't even a law at the time. It was fucking awesome. You could have just drove by and opened the door. I, you know what? I, I wanted to just... Fuck him up, but I, you know what? I, I pardon thee. <laughs> I pardon thee. Forgive him. Forgive so, yourself. So okay, yeah, move on. yeah, yeah. So, so that, I just like it wasn't worth it. It wasn't, you know. I, you know, I'm good. Fuck that guy. Guy's probably in prison or dead. Guy's a piece of shit. So. Or both. Yeah, he's dying in a prison. He's dead in a prison. There you go. So anyway, fuck you, Chris Brown. One and two. <laughs> And uh, that's all we got for Compelled. I hope this was a compelling episode. Was, yeah. was it compelling for you, Mike? I don't know. 55 minutes. Okay. I, I, we had shit to talk about. Yeah. Fuck, fuck the Church of Scientology as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The organization. The organizational members. Just stop it. <laughs> that's all I got. All right. Stay safe. Tell the truth. Boom. <laughs>